Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon. Ryan Tutel, Colter Nuanas. Here's some football news for you. Montana, Montana State each kicked off Big Sky Conference play in resounding fashion Saturday. The Bobcats forged a comeback uh, to remember while the Grizz decimated the defending Big Sky champions on the road. Montana exploded in the third quarter at number four. UC Davis turning a 17-7 halftime score into a 38-7 beatdown on the way to a convincing 45-20 win over the 2018 co-league champions. Montana quarterback Dalton Sneed continued his exceptional play, throwing for five touchdowns, including one to Sammy Akam and two to Jerry Louis McGee. Sneed is the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Week for the second week in a row. The Grizz put a massive pressure also defensively on Davis quarterback back Jake Mayer, the reigning Big Sky Conference uh, uh, Offensive Player of the Year. They sacked him three times, hit him a ton. Montana jumps up 10 spots to number 8 in the nation in the Stats FCS poll. They break into the top 10 for the first time since September of 2016. On the first Saturday of Big Sky play, Montana State fell behind 21-0 in Bozeman, only to rally for a 49-31 win over Northern Arizona thanks to an avalanche of points ignited by MSU's bruising run game. Montana State did everything possible to cause self-inflicting wounds early, including turning the ball over twice and committing a couple key penalties. But the Bobcats were able to rush for 244 of their 340 yards in the second half on the way to their fourth straight win. The 4-1 start, the best for the Bobcats since 2012. Center is presented by Clark Fork Law. Second down and five. Murray tries to snap oh, yeah. it. It's intercepted. Cloudy. 20, 15, 10, <laughs> 5. Hello. Mr. Clowney, touchdown, Seahawks. Jadevian Clowney stretched out, reached his arm almost to the ceiling here at State Farm Stadium, pulled the ball down on a screen pass, and took it about 30 yards for six. 
Clowney makes his name known, and look at the team in this near end zone, all posing for pictures. Seattle goes on top now by a score of nine to nothing. Impressive performance by the Seattle Seahawks, and especially to Jadavion Clowney setting the tone early with a first quarter touchdown pick six. It is Tutel Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio. Great to be with you here on this Monday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula Highway 83 in Sealy. You want to talk some Seahawks with us? 329-1899 is the phone number. All guests join us on the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. If you missed anything in the first hour, the Montana Football Hour, listen on the podcast. The Tutel Nuanas podcast available at all of your favorite podcasting outlets. Uh, including iTunes, the TuneIn Radio app, Spotify, everywhere. The podcast brought to us by the Wingate by Wyndham uh, Hotel. Want to remind you, too, the second week of FCS Speculators, a betting podcast going to be coming uh, uh, to you uh, sometime this week, probably Wednesday. I think that will get out there. And uh, I am told that uh, we did very well this week, Coulter, our, uh, our esteemed producer back there tracking our picks. Really? Uh, we did pretty well. Uh, did we? But I, I did better than you did, but that's standard. Well, well right. I mean, it because, doesn't mean that well, you didn't do well. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Fantasy football and betting big sky lines have nothing to do with the knowledge. It has everything to do with luck. Um, well, except for my case, in which case it isn't luck. But in any everything case, you know uh, about the big sky, I taught you. No, that's a, that is not true. That is not true. That's mostly true, though. <laughs> um, Colter, let's talk a little bit about this uh, Seahawks game. You heard uh, right there uh, the sound of the Davion Clowney interception. I think a lot of people wondering, hey, the, the biggest weakness of this team, getting after the quarterback. So what do they do? They get the number one overall pick from uh, 2016, was it, in Jadavion Clowney from the Houston Texans. And then they go get the number four overall pick from about 2014 in Ziggy Ansa to come in. When are those guys going to make an impact? Well, the answer was Sunday. The pick six there. How about the Ziggy Ansa getting into the mix? Murray looks left. He's still looking. Now he's being chased, and now he's going to go down. And the game is going to end, and rightly so, on a sack by the Seahawks. And Ziggy Ansa gets there for his first sack. I call that bookends. Coulter, where you open the game with a pick six on one side and you close the game with the first sack in the career uh, of Ziggy Ansah as a Seattle Seahawk. And the Seahawks just hammering uh, the uh, uh, Arizona Cardinals on uh, on Sunday afternoon. In fact, Seattle, with that pick six, a defensive touchdown, which they did not, they gave up one uh, uh, a week ago to New Orleans, 27-10, the victory, the defense outstanding. Kyler Murray got in late running in, scampering for a touchdown, but basically Seattle shutting down Arizona. Will Disley, let's give it up to Will Disley, another touchdown for uh, for the big Montana. We'll hear from him in his post-game, post-game uh, remarks as well. But Seattle goes to 3-1, and one, and Thursday night, hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Let's go. Definitely a, a little bit of an unpredictable result. But I thought the Seahawks looked a lot better as Jadavion Clowney and, and Ziggy Ansah, if they can continue to acclimate to the system and can continue to find full health and then stay healthy, it's going to help the Seahawks really take a jump defensively. And I thought they really flustered Kyler Murray, and I thought they looked pretty darn good, better than I expected them to look in this game, certainly. And how about Will Disley? All he does is catch touchdowns. What was he got? Six career touchdowns in like eight games now. All at this he point? does is catch touchdowns. Coulter, uh, seven receptions by the way in this game led the Seahawks in receptions. Seven receptions for fifty-seven yards uh, and a touchdown. Let him in receiving yards as well. 
So he was big time in this football game. I also thought, welcome back, Chris Carson, who had a horrific game against uh, against New Orleans. Couldn't find his footing, both literally and metaphorically. Fumbled the ball. Who He's had issues. He went up at over 100 uh, yards rushing on the day. Six TDs, eight games officially for Will Disley. But here's one thing I was thinking when I was watching the NFL just across the board yesterday. I always say this. But I just think it's so true. There's only a few really, really, really good teams. There's only a few really bad teams. So much of it is how well do you play, period. And it might seem so simple, but the Raiders can literally beat 25 teams in the league if they play well. Yes. And they can also lose to those exact same 25 teams if they don't play well. Yeah. Yesterday, the Vikings just straight up played bad against the Bears, and the Bears also played well. Bears destroyed the Vikings. The Vikings looked completely irrelevant. When you have, that's the other thing about an NFL game. When you got the formula to take away what a team does best, this is why the Patriots have dominated the last two decades because they always have the next answer. So often in the scope of a single game, when somebody's taken away something, you don't have something to fall back on. The Vikings have done nothing but ride Dalvin Cook for the first three weeks of the season. When the Bears are just smothering him, they have nothing to turn back on. And if all you have to fall back on is Kirk Cousins, you're going to get smoked. Totally. And... I think that the Seahawks did a really good job of bouncing back from last week. But I also think that we have a, a brand new narrative around the New Orleans Saints after watching Sunday Night Football yes, last night. Yes, we do. I mean, Drew Brees, no Drew Brees, the Saints are legitimately good on defense, and they are legitimately good running the football. And that's going to give them a chance against everybody. Yes. They, they took a Dallas offense that looked lights out for the th- first through three weeks and annihilated them. I mean, they, they dominated that game. But again, so much of it comes back to how well do you play? The Cardinals are going to beat some teams if they play well, or they might not. The, the, the situation with the Cardinals, which I think is something we, we can get into a little bit later on in the season, I think the Cardinals are going to be one of those teams that are literally in so many games because they have a young team that are trying to win, and they still might go 2-14. and 14. They have great talent, but they're going to lose just about every game, even though they're not going to get blown out almost ever. And and, and I'm, I, I love the Cardinals right now. I love Kyler Murray. Uh, I mean, obviously, jury's still out, you know, when you talk about, you know, the coaching situation and all that. But I think they got a ton of dudes there. I love David. David Johnson had eight receptions in this football game as a running back, okay? Led the team in receptions. And maybe that's a sign of bad things if, if that's what's going on. They got they got a ton of talent. By the way, Larry Fitzgerald in this game, Coulter, passes uh, Gonzalez for second all-time in terms of total receptions in a career. Now behind only Jerry Rice, Larry Fitzgerald, the first ballot Hall of Famer who's uh, still out there getting done. But the Seahawks, fantastic. Russell Wilson, how about this, Coulter? 240 yards passing, one touchdown, doesn't sound like much. How's 22 of 28 grab you? I mean, he's just so utterly efficient. And in a game where Seattle, again, they're not going to go out and try and blow anybody out. That's not the philosophy of of the club or the way that they're built. They're going to go out play mistake-free football if they don't they lose like last week to new orleans but when they do they just they they were up 10 right off the bat after they scored a field goal on their first drive and then they get to pick six and it was over this game was over at that moment and it was just a matter of waiting for the clock to tick away and they went and they got a couple other you know things done they get the disley touchdown and and uh and they they were absolutely outstanding by the way speaking of will disley Again, seven receptions, 57 yards, yet another touchdown. Led the team in targets, receptions, and yards receiving. And uh, he was the subject of the post-game interview. Here you go. Straight out of Montana, Will Disley. 
You had a couple of big plays. You took a couple of big hits today. I think from a former teammate at UW. What does that say, though, about your health, where your knee is at, confidence level, even when you know you're getting hit? Yeah, shout out to Buddha. It was a good tackle, good form tackle, just like he was taught, just like we were taught, I guess, back when we were playing defense together. But, uh, yeah, we were able to do some special things on offense, and, and you know, my knee feels good. I'm definitely happy to make it out of this game alive and, um, you know, definitely with a win. So I'm excited to attack the rest of the season. Got a big one on Thursday, so, you know, we'll get healthy and uh, we'll go attack it. This team looked very different than it did last week. What's the number one thing that was preached this week that got executed today? Yeah, I think our whole line showed up, man. They they worked their tails off this week just preparing and um, their physical crew, and they do a heck of a job. So I'm going to give some credit to them, man. They deserve some love. And, um, you know, Dwayne and Britt and you know, pretty much the whole team, they're all veterans. And, uh, you know, they did some really special things. I know that the offense wants to set the tone with the way they run the ball, but when you see Clowney do what he does, I mean, it's almost like flipping the tables from last week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, anytime you can get a defensive score, that's going to start a spark. And um, you know, defense played lights out all day. And, uh, you know, they, they, they forced them to kick field goals. And fortunate enough, those, were, those didn't go through the uprights. And um, anytime that happens, you know, defense is celebrating. And, and we just feed off that as an offense. And, you know, it was a fun day as a team. Given the big plays that you made, given what happened the last time you played here, is there anything full circle about being able to go out and contribute in this kind of a win? Yeah, no, I'm just happy to be a part of it. This team's so fun. You know, we're all so close. We're all battling for each other. And, um, you know, definitely just happy to be a part of it. I worked my tail off, you know, not by myself. I have my family, you know, my strength staff, and athletic trainers. You know, it was a group effort to get me here. And um, I'm excited to keep continuing, get some more W's for the Hawks. And how about a few more touchdowns too, Dory, as we get that back to you? There you go. What, six touchdowns in eight games? Okay. His seven catches were also a career high. Lots to be proud of for Will Disley, especially considering that injury too, man. I mean, Jen Mueller, who who was the sideline reporter there, yeah. she mentioned it, but a ruptured patella tendon can be the kiss of death, especially for somebody that weighs over 250 pounds. That's a, that's a tough injury to come back from. Yeah. It's ended many a guy's career. So for him to suffer that and then come back from it, it's impressive, man. Will Disley, man. Montana born, Montana bred. Gotta love it. Uh, Coulter, the Seahawks now 3-1, and one, as we mentioned, playing the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams coming off just exactly. You you, you put your hands in the sky. The, one of the more bizarre Big 12-type performances that we've seen, losing 55-40 to 40 to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, you... Before the season started, you're like, I mean, what are we even talking about the NFC West? It's the Rams division. That's it. That's all. And uh, now it's very much not it's, – it's not the slam dunk that it obviously was. Yep. The Rams are still, I think, the favorite in the yep. division. Yep. But I think Seattle's really good too. And hello, the San Francisco 49ers haven't lost a game yet. Now, that's a different story. We'll wait for that. But – this game on 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 Thursday night, by the way, Thursday night here on ESPN Radio, we'll have the Seahawks-Rams game for you uh, from Seattle, in Seattle. I think this game is, it, there's first of all, a ton riding on it and also is a game of tremendous intrigue to me. The Niners, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about playing well, though. I would have said before yesterday that the Niners 2-0 and now 3-0 and record comes with a caveat because they beat the Bucks, the Bengals, and the Steelers. Well, then the Bucs go out and boat race the Rams. So now the Bucks, the Niners win over the Bucs looks a lot better. But it, it's a bizarre deal. I don't, 
I'm not ready to say that I think that the Rams are really good and the Seahawks are really good. I think neither one of them are, are really good yet. I think that they're both good. Yeah. I don't think either one of them. I, I mean, I, I think the Rams taking a, a big step back. So much of it has to do with Todd Gurley, man. We're teetering on, is Todd Gurley elite still? And that's crazy to think, considering he's so young. But it's also not crazy to think, considering his usage and the injuries that he's already suffered in his career. I mean, He just doesn't look the same. What, what did you, What did we see at the end of the year last year? Well, and, and C.J. Anderson it's, it's, it's book, playing it's, football. It's bookended, right? Todd Gurley started slow in the NFL because he was still coming off that knee. Mm-hmm. And then he, ha- he, he caught lightning in a bottle and was he was the best running back in the league for 20 games. And then... It started to erode on him. And how is he going to get it back? I don't know. I don't know how he's going to get it back. I mean, Todd Gurley was still really good in the past game as a running back. Seven receptions, 54 yards. He rushed for two touchdowns, right. but he did it on the goal line. He had 16 yards rushing in this football. But if you, Exactly. And if you know the logistics and the, the details of their offense, they ran play action at a higher percentage last season than any team in NFL history. For the play action to work... Your running back has to be elite, and I don't know if Todd Gurley can really be an every-down back between the tackles anymore. Well, I just don't. He's never going to be an every-down back between the tackles when he gets five carries in a game and they throw it hello 68 times. Third most in the history of the league. Jared Goff yesterday. Not the greatest day to go two touchdowns and three picks, I guess. When Jared Goff threw the ball, I started him in fantasy over Aaron Rodgers, and he threw for, what, 500 and what, 40 yards? 507. 517 yards. He threw it 68 times. You think, man, what a great fantasy play by me. No, he threw three picks. He still only scored 20 points. Even though he threw for 500 yeah, yards. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be a fascinating analysis to see, you know, if the Rams are experiencing the Super Bowl hangover and how much of Todd Gurley's health hinges upon the Rams' success this season. Uh, Thursday night, Thursday night football from Seattle, divisional matchup, Seahawks, Rams. Can't wait. This I love this matchup every time. The Rams and Seahawks have a very healthy rivalry. Uh, there within the NFC West, and it's going to be a fun game. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. To tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. want to remind everybody, we are now on Instagram. 1029 ESPN, same as the Twitter handle at 1029 ESPN. And uh, we also are coming out with round two, episode two of the FCS Speculators, a betting podcast. First one went well. You got great information and, you know, I won, which means it's good. 
Uh, we will go over the results of that and uh, also look forward to uh, what's coming up this week uh, in uh, the Big Sky Conference and the FCS at large. And now both Montana schools in the top 10 in the nation, number six and number eight, respectively, in the FCS uh, Stats FCS poll. So listen to FCS Speculators, a betting podcast. We'll have that on all your favorite podcasting platforms for you. Uh, Wednesday of this week. Coulter wanted to get back into uh, the uh, Montana State Northern Arizona football game because we we talked a fair amount about it, but I think there's a lot more to say. Uh, Again, 340 yards rushing for Montana State. They decided, well, we're just going to keep this thing on the ground. Why? A couple reasons. One, started to work. You keep keep throwing body blows, as Jeff Choate says, and then eventually the dam breaks, and it did break. And they started to see increases, ripping off big runs, and uh, and basically running at will. They have a great offensive line. They have a stable of running backs. They do it in a lot of different ways. They're the most, if I can say this, the most diverse running team that I've I've seen in a very long oh, time, yeah. both in terms of the personnel and the approach and, and all, all of it. So it's phenomenal. <coughs> they also are right now effectively unable to throw the football. Yep. And so you it's great to do something great, but it's muted to a certain extent when it's it's out of necessity because you can't do something else even moderately well. Is uh, it what kind of a statement is it though to not only rush the ball for 244 yards in the second half, not only run the ball 22 times in a row, but to do that without your best running back, without your second best running back, with a kid making his second start of the season playing quarterback, and when you're already down three scores, yes, it's amazing. It's on. It's 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 not. There's no real. There's no real example of this before. The, I mean, who really who really says, "Hey, we're down 17 points with five minutes to go in the third quarter. Let's run the ball 26 times in a row, and we will avalanche this team and win going away." Uh, Sorry, sorry. It was 26 times in the fourth quarter that they ran the ball. They threw one pass. The main reason, uh, because they have uh, as as good an offensive line as there is in the Big Sky Conference right now. It's anchored, as we know, by Mitch Brott, but also Lewis Kidd. Uh, pretty good in his own right. He had a conversation. He was at the postgame press conference as well. was asked just about what changed or didn't at halftime that made them uh, so much better in terms of gaining yardage on the ground in the second half, is what he said. Kudos to the coaches. Um, I think the biggest thing for us uh, was just you know, the mentality. Uh, it's pretty easy for teams to go into halftime and have the half that we did say, well, you know, dang, this isn't working. What, what, do, we, what do we do? What do we change? Um, but, you know, Coach Armstrong came in and was like, we're not going to change anything. We're going to keep running our DNA stuff. These, those little, like Coach Cho was saying, like those little chunk plays, those little one, two-yard plays, turned into five, six, seven, you know, big runs. So just trusting that and continue to pound the rock like we do and trust ourselves, um, I think that was kind of the biggest thing. And, you know, making tweaks, calling the right plays, and I think uh, it was big time for us at halftime. There were a couple big runs in this game. Lane Sumner ripped off a 34-yarder. Troy Anderson, even in his limited capacity, had a 29-yarder. But Travis Johnson, Coulter, had 13 rushes for 105 yards, none of them longer than 18 yards averaged 8.1 yards per touch on the ground. I mean, he was he was simply unstoppable. And, and he was gashing them. Gashing them. It wasn't even gadget plays or anything where he's getting to the edge. He was just straight up taking the hand off. And the thing that opened the whole thing up for him, this was his first 100-yard rushing game in his mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. The thing that opened the whole thing up for him is that when he runs that, I've never seen him give before on the zone read. He gave 
three, four, maybe five times. And then as soon as he gives, then when he was pressing it and then taking it, now you forget get the about defender it. to go with the running back in Europe. It's the brilliance of the zone read, right? If the quarterback makes the right read, you're getting eight yards. Uh, the the downside of this for Montana State is that Tucker Rovey had a bad day. He was 11 of 23 for 106 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That was a pick six right off the bat. Right off the bat, he had the touchdown. Uh, um, which was a 49-yarder uh, to Coy Steele. His only reception of the game, he was out after that, and it was a great catch and run and really a good throw, uh, all things considered. But mm, in, in was the it? Main, I mean, I said as soon as, he made, as soon as he let the ball out, I said he owes Coy Steele a, a six-pack of beer because he just hung him out to dry. At least. And then, boom, he caught it, and he was gone. It was a well thrown. It was a well thrown ball. I'll yes, give him that. Yes. It was a bad read. Whether it was a bad decision or not. Uh, but here's the thing. He had some fine reads and some awful throwing balls, and like you said before, some balls that 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 I mean, this is not these are not difficult throws. These are not even collegiate type of throws, and they were not being made. Here's what Jeff Choate had to say about Tucker Rovick. You know, I don't know if he was tight today. Just uh, the wind affected him. I, I, I'd really have to have a conversation with Tucker about that. Uh, he wasn't as relaxed in the pocket, but I, I don't. I mean, we had plenty of time. And, uh, you know, he's going to have his really good days like he did last week, and you're going to have some days where you have some hiccups, and that's why when you're a team that knows it can run the ball, that's always going to be something you can lean on. And I always laugh, you know, people, well, you can't go down big if you're a running team. Well, you can if you rip off that kind of running production. So, so okay, that's fine. And, again, the running game's great. Here's the thing. When it's sunny and it's Norfolk State, it's one thing. When it's windy and snowy and it's northern Arizona, it's a different thing. And this is... It's perplexing to me, man. It really is. I don't I don't know what to say because the very thing that Jeff Choate has overtly worked on this entire offseason to not end up in is exactly the spot that he is in. And that is with no quarterback. I mean, he 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 had Casey Bauman, he had him named, and then on the last game of the non conference against a bad Norfolk State team, he just went the other direction. And Casey Bauman did not wow anybody. And there was, when we talked about this, like, yeah, I mean, like, he hasn't thrown any interceptions, which he now cannot say, by the way, about Tucker Rovig, but he also hasn't made any plays. He hasn't lost you any football games. He hasn't won you any football games. That's what you got in Casey Bauman through three games of, uh, through three non-conference games. And then you just went the other direction. And, and now, after this game, I got no idea where Montana State is at quarterback. And, man, I'm telling you, this is a problem. This is a big problem. Because, is it, though? Yes, because... because they, is it, though? It, it is, Coulter. It is a big problem. I think if they completely accept the fact that it is a problem and then not let it be a problem, it won't be a problem. In other words, I really, truly think that the Cats can win their next five conference games without throwing the ball. Straight up. When they play Weber State... They don't play Weber State. Who, who they don't play Eastern Washington. Second, who do they play? Davis? Oh, at Davis. They play at Davis second last week of the season. But I think that the next five, four games, next four conference games, next five conference games, they can win without throwing the ball. You have to have... I agree with you to a certain extent. You have to have a little bit of... A throwing presence. And Tucker Rovig left so much to be desired. He did. He missed a bunch of easy throws after that pick. But I do think he can come into the game and complete eight passes. He could go eight of 20. 
And then you can just play Travis Johnson at quarterback the rest of the time and run the zone read. And I really think you can rush for 300 yards a game and be, in a, be at least in every game if your defense plays up to snuff. At what point do you do you just not do that? I mean, just make Travis Johnson the quarterback then and just never throw it. I mean, well, what, oh, here's the thing, though, man. Given the volatility of the decision-making of this staff, we're nowhere close to the end of this. Like I told my brother, when Robic threw the pick six, I said, better take your Dramamine because this carousel is about to spin out of control. Yeah, We're about to see Casey Bauman again, Troy Anderson, Travis Johnson, more Tucker Robic. Round and round and round and round and round we go. If Troy Anderson's ankle wasn't shredded right now, Troy Anderson would be probably starting this week well, at quarterback. And, and here's the other... And this is all speculation, but I'm just saying what we have at our historical... What we have is, as the, the example so far, 40 games into this thing, yeah. is that what we can predict is going to be exactly, almost exactly the unpredictable. Well, and this is this is the other issue that I have, man, is, is Troy Anderson is... He was never 100% at any point in this season. And then he gets the ball, and you tackle him at the ankles because you have to. And the thing just gets rolled up again. And I'm not saying this is not this is not me criticizing the decision making or putting him in there or whatever. I mean, he came back in, ran for 29 uh, at a 29 yard rush, and also scored a touchdown, easy as pie. But when you need a yard, what do you do? You give it to the biggest, baddest dude that you got at your disposal, and that is Troy Anderson, and he runs a guy over and falls forward and gets you the yard, and also his ankle gets turned over again. And it's so disappointing to me as a football fan because if this, if Troy Anderson's 100%, if he's 90%, <laughs> 450 yards rushing. That's what they got. And, 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 and it is a joy to watch great people do what they're great at. And yet now he is he's severely limited, severely limited. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. We're going to take your calls. You want to go to the Grizzly-Idaho State homecoming football game? we got a pair of tickets for you. We want your best homecoming story, okay? Ten minutes from now, we're going to we're gonna have you call in. Give us your best homecoming story, okay? So get yourself prepared for that. 329-1899 is the phone number. You will be entered to win today, tomorrow, and uh, Wednesday. And uh, the best story is going to the Grizzly-Idaho State football game. Pumped about this, hey, that's going to be a good game, right, Coulter? Well, so here's the thing. I think that Idaho State has this downtrodden reputation, and rightfully so. When Jeff Zamerlin was there, I mean, here's the thing. The whole arena and the orange seats and the 1970s lighting and what used to be, like, essentially carpet on top of concrete was... Idaho State's facility 
was state of the art when it opened, and they haven't updated it. You know, one they aren't playing this game at Washington Grizzlies. I, I know, but I'm okay. just thinking that all adds to the reputation of what people think of Idaho State. But actually, Larry Lewis got Idaho State rolling a little bit in the early 2000s, and they gave actually Montana some tough games, especially in Bobby Houck's first year. And when they had Jared Allen and the like, they had Ricky Gutierrez, who was a transfer from Michigan. And was Jared Allen good? He's <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. That's like Kane Iono says. He said, the only thing I got left to brag about is I was the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year one year when Jared Allen was in the league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good thing to, to, uh, to brag about. But what I'm saying is there's this there's this whole atmosphere around Idaho State, and rightfully sure. so. And then when they when Larry Lewis left and they hired John Zamberlin, it was a disaster. They won like three games in the span of five or six years. It was not good. But then Kramer got him rolling. Mike Kramer got him rolling a little bit, and then regressed. And but Rob Fennessy, I mean, they were, Idaho State was a game away from the playoffs a year ago. They beat Montana State late in the season, and that looked like a, a game that could vault them. And then they kind of stumbled down the stretch, and they had a weird schedule. They didn't play enough. Division one games, they ended up only being six and four against Division one competition. So their seven and four record wasn't, or their six and five record, excuse me, uh, wasn't good enough because they they only had the six Division one wins, and so they were on, on the outside looking in when the playoffs rolled around. They coming into this year, Tanner Guller graduates, so you don't have your quarterback back who was a four year starter. But Bobby Houck said it today, and I agree with him. He said Idaho State probably thinks they have the best skill player, the best offensive skill players in the conference, and they might be right. I think the only other team that has the complete array of offensive skill players like Idaho State is Montana. Yeah. Well, make no mistake, we've talked all about the Grizz receivers and how great they are. Mikey Dean is not as elusive or as savvy as Jerry Louie McGee, but he's significantly faster. And if you think that's hyperbole, it's not. Mikey Dean could have been a straight college sprinter. He was the California state champion in the 100-meter dash, and he's 5'7". So think about how fast your legs got to be moving to run a 10'600 mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're 5'7". And then Mitch Guller was a first-round draft pick in baseball. Mitch yeah. Guller is 27 years old. I mean, he is a man <laughs> among boys. He played minor league baseball for the Phillies right. for five or six years before starting his football career. Ironically, his brother, Tanner Guller, graduated before him, but Mitch is significantly older. He's three years older than Tanner. Sammy Akim, a physical freak. Samari Torrey, a great player. And even Jared Harrell at UC Davis, awesome. You know, Dre Dorton at, at Eastern Washington, great as far as the dude who can straight go up and get it, Mitch Guller's the dude. Yeah. Mitch Guller is the best big play receiver in the Big Sky Conference. So that's going to be a significant test for Montana's defense. Let's take a look around the Big Sky Conference. We'll start with that Idaho State game. We thought Portland State was going to be good, obviously, because we uh, you know, want Bruce Barnum to be on this show every single day. We want Portland State to be good. Uh, Portland State got hammered by Idaho State uh, on Saturday, 51-24. And like you said, it was 41-7 midway through the third qu- or second quarter. Uh, in this one, uh, Matt, I, I thought it was impressive that uh, uh, Dalton Sneed threw five touchdowns on only 22 completions. Well, how's this? Matt struck 14 of 23 for 332 yards and six touchdowns. He completed it. He had a touchdown on nearly one in every two throws. Six of 14 or completions, rather. Six of 14 completions went for scores, and it was, uh, I mean, it was just not close. And by the way, that is the Idaho State team that is headed for Washington Grizzly Stadium on Saturday uh, uh, for the Grizzly homecoming game. But a huge win for Rob Fennessy and his staff. And we'll have a lot more, particularly about the Fennessy Hauk matchup and their history is Rob Fennessy was the offensive coordinator for Bobby Houck at Montana at UNLV and uh, and Bobby Houck very complimentary of him and the staff and what they're doing at Idaho State right now. But hilarious that Houck went back to his old tactics. He came into the Monmouth game 
with a sheet ready to go t- to talk about specific players. He mentioned Pete Guerrero by name. He mentioned Ken- Kenji Bahar by name. He mentioned a lot of guys on the Monmouth squad by name. Because I think that, as you were saying, he needed to promote the game a little bit. Things, people are thinking, oh, this team from New Jersey, we don't know anything about them. It's the last non-conference game. Are we really going to be up for this? Are we going to sell this thing out? We don't know. Back to his old ways. He did talk by name about Jake Mayer and Dan Hawkins last week. But this week, even though he was very complimentary of Idaho State staff, he did not name Rob Fennessy or Mike Farrader by name. Not yep. once. Yep. He was asked three separate questions. He said, I think their coaching staff as a whole has done a great job. He praised them yep. across the board. But he did not mention one time, oh, man, me and Rob go way back. <laughs> oh, me and Coach Fenn, I remember the good old days of Montana. Right, Never. Right. Never did he mention not that. Not doing it. He, he even said they have some guys that this is their alma mater. Right. He didn't say... Oh, Mike Ferrer, who was one of the greatest receivers that I ever coached, who had 150-plus catches during his time playing for me, is the offensive coordinator. He never even acknowledged it, which I think is just such standard Hauk. I think it's hilarious. Uh, also, in uh, Big Sky Conference play for Eastern Washington, they're coming off that awful loss to Idaho and a lot of questions. Well, they get a 35-20 win over North Dakota. They were up 28-7 at half. The uh, Fighting Hawks did score 13 unanswered uh, through the third and fourth quarters, but Eastern Washington scoring the final touchdown in a snow-drenched, fiery inferno uh, field in uh, Cheney, Washington, a 35-20 win for Aaron Best Club there. Uh, Cal Pauly, uh, trying to figure out exactly what they are. 24-21, a close game, but a victory nonetheless over Southern Utah in Cedar City. Uh, they squeak out a victory there. Non-conference football game, but a great football game and one that, frankly, the Big Sky Conference needed. Weber State went up 20-3 in the first quarter of this football game over Northern Iowa. Very good Northern Iowa team, but this in Weber State or in Ogden. Uh, Weber State also finished their scoring in the third quarter with a safety just crushing defensively a 29-17 win doesn't sound like a you know a blowout and certainly it's not a quote-unquote blowout by college football standards but it was a dominant performance nonetheless by this Weaver State defense and over a you know a good Northern Iowa Missouri Valley football team this game was not nearly as close as the 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 12-point victory would sort of indicate I want to wrap this around into finishing the conversation we were just having about the cats as well I think that Broadly, the most the easiest thing for any person to observe in any sport, especially a team sport, is offense. And I think in college football, with the intricacies of what everybody's running, it's so easy to see the teams that are exceptionally explosive on offense and the teams that are not. And I think that when you see teams that are not, you automatically analyze them as being down a rung, even if it's not true. And I think this is by and large true with both Montana State and Weber State. Weber State, when you look at this game, they were not good on offense. They, they're they a run first, run second, run third team. They had 36 carries for 66 yards. They averaged 1.8 yards per carry. Caden Jenks, he threw for half of his yards on two touchdown completions. When they ran play action, he threw a 73-yard touchdown to Rashid Shahid, and then he hit uh, Justin Malone for another pretty long score. That was half of his 219 yards passing. So, Weber State's offense almost irrelevant in this game, and they still win by two scores. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is that oftentimes it's not going to be we, – we get so hung up on Tua Tonga-Vailoa and Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts and these guys that make it look so pretty. You know, Oklahoma scoring 70, just boat racing you. And now the Alabama scoring 45 and giving up 14, they just look so good. Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. 
Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. More often than not, you're not going to have an elite quarterback in college football. It's just the name of the game. We've also gotten spoiled covering the Big Sky because most oftentimes, half of the best quarterbacks in the country are in the league. Yeah. But I also think that you can win without one if you just reconcile yourself as a team without it. Again, Jay Hill is 21-3 and in his last 12, 24 Big Sky Conference games without having a good offense. Weaver State's won 21 games over the last two years combined without having – I mean, do you think the Cats are bad on offense? The Cats are averaging almost 40 points per game since Matt Miller took over. Weaver State's averaging 25. They still win and win and win because they're dedicated to the style. And that's where it comes full circle. I want to ask you this about Montana State and Troy Anderson. Troy Anderson has gotten thrown in the meat grinder, and he's been basically hurt since the second game of last season. It's a testament to his toughness that he's been able to overcome a lot of this stuff. But he broke his hand last year against Western Illinois, had to have surgery, didn't play offense for two games. Comes back, wins the starting quarterback job, but then he twists his knee against Cal Poly, he hurts his ankle, he has off-season shoulder surgery, so he doesn't play spring ball. And he comes into the season, they're trying to slow play him through camp. His ankle gets turned up again against Western Illinois, and he's really, really, really fighting to get back to full health. I think they should just not play him this week against Cal Poly. And if they play him on defense, I think that's absolutely foolish because if you have this guy going against the triple option, he's going to stick his nose in there a million times. It's just going to be so many extra opportunities for him to get hurt. But all that said, Troy Anderson, when he's playing defense, he's flashed a couple times. He almost had two picks in the game on Saturday. But he's only playing a handful. You know, He's only playing probably 15 snaps a game on defense. And he's not making a discernible impact yet. On offense, even with the busted ankle, he, he runs a 29-yard run. He converted a fourth down, which you referenced. You know, he, he, I thought he killed a guy when Anthony Sweeney tried to go low, and he gives him the horse leg straight yes. to the head, and Anthony Sweeney's out. It's over for him. And, and Troy Anderson, by the way, did a nice front flip 180 on that thing, and he didn't come down exactly softly <laughs> No himself. doubt. But I just think that Montana State's got to have a real conversation because I totally buy that Troy Anderson's position at the next level is going to be on defense. But I just don't think they're getting the best out of him unless they play him exclusively on offense. They're not getting the best out of him because he is not healthy. And he needs to be healthy. And whatever they need to do to make that so is what they got to do. And Troy Anderson being tough is great. And it's what you want. And you want your kid to go in there to the trainer and go, I'm fine. 
I'm fine. But you know what? You're not fine. And you need to get fine. And whatever that takes to get you fine, that's what's got to happen. Okay? And so what, whatever that means, however long that means, I think that's, that's the necessity. And by the way, fine doesn't mean 100% everything's perfect. I don't feel anything other than just great joy in all of my extremities. But what I am saying is when you are inhibited the way that he's inhibited, you got to get healthy. You just got to because it's just going to perpetuate. Last one we got to just talk about Northern Colorado beating the Idaho Vandals, the formerly winless Northern Colorado Bears 0-4, beating Idaho 27-24. Mason Petrino, two touchdown passes, but three interceptions, including late interceptions in the in the end zone. Though, you know, they're throwing the football. I don't understand. Idaho rushed for 270 yards on the ground. Nick Romano had 132 yards on 15 carries. Even Mason Petrino had 84 rushing yards, and they're throwing the football late in the end zone area. If the Seahawks have taught us anything, just run the football down there. Just run it down there for crying out loud. Anyway, uh, a great win for Northern Colorado because it is a win. And a, and as you talked about this before, your great losses, are, your great wins are only great until they're not great anymore and they can be undone by bad losses. Well, this is completely undoing Idaho. And uh, you and I both, this is the one, one game that we got wrong. You and I both thought Idaho would win this game and frankly win it fairly easily because they have more talent than Northern Colorado does. Well, didn't happen. And uh, good job for Greeley. And I mean, just this is the this is like maybe the two worst teams in the conference playing each other. And it's unbelievable, still though, that Idaho can find a way to lose these football games. Completely out coached, completely out manned. It was standard. standard. Honestly, I mean, that's a that's a dirt. That's a cheap shot. I mean, it, but it, it, but you had to expect Idaho have a letdown after the Eastern win. Times and and uh, you know, I mean, they they really did. They blew this game though. They blew it bad. So we're up against it. Gary is entered uh, to uh, win the tickets, uh, but he was cut like Matt Damon on The Late Show because, uh, you know, for time purposes. So we'll get his story from him. We'll have it recorded. And then if he's the winner, we'll play it for you on Thursday. We do the giveaway. Good job for Gary Coulter. Tonight, uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are a three-point home favorite against the Cincinnati Bengals Monday night football. Who you got? Man, tough. It's not tough. You got the Bengals, man. The yeah, Cincinnati Bengals. But, I mean, the Steelers are sort of reeling right They're now. They're the better football team, oddly enough. And they Pittsburgh are. is reeling with a backup quarterback. And I think the Bengals, as road underdogs, uh, are you know probably going to win this game straight up. That's what I think is going to happen here. Nick Vanette has just been traded for because Vance McDonald is doubtful and James Connor, Juju Smith-Schuster, two really good players, but they have been underproductive and this defense is, I don't know, well, both defenses are awful. The Bengals have an actually far worse defense than the, than the Steelers do. Yeah, but the statistics are skewed this right now because of the, who you've played. Like, if you're saying you're 30th in the league, well, who have you played, though? A lot of times you've played some of the most prolific offenses. A lot of times, you know, a couple of the best-ranked defenses in the league probably play the Dolphins. You know what I mean? Like, you get a lot of statistical benefit when it's only a three-game sample size from who you played. Fact. I think the thing that we've learned, both in the Big Sky and the NFL, these first couple weeks, is that the reason we love football is that it's so unpredictable, especially early in the season. I mean, 55-40, Bucks-Rams, is that what you're speaking (laughs) about? Something like that? Idaho State, 
up 41-7 against Portland State at halftime. There's no one in the world that thought that was going to be the case. The only thing I care about is that Juju Smith-Schuster and Joe Mixon are starting for my fantasy team, and if I get the high score of the week, which I'm on pace to do, I'm in the money. Let's go. Boys and girls, enjoy Monday Night Football this evening. We will continue on all this tomorrow. Look ahead to week two in the Big Sky Conference. Get some high school scores for you from a big week at the high school level. Much, much more. We'll get a somebody else entered to go to the Grizzly-Idaho State football game. Till then, have a wonderful Monday evening. We'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Hi there. It's Les Schwab. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes. And they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org. Or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold. Or visit online anytime, anywhere, MSU Bookstore. .org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.